Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. This morning, I want to talk about the alarming concern that it's just become more and more difficult each year to find referees, umpires, and officials to work our kids' games. Now, we've discussed this issue several times in the past, but the problem has now reached a critical level. In short, look, what happens if we can't find enough refs to work youth sports? Now, mind you, this this is one of these topics, one of these issues that really wasn't a concern a generation ago. Why? Because, you know, back in the day, you never heard about refs or umpires or officials being physically threatened or verbally abused by parents at the games. It just just wasn't done. I, I guess there was an overriding sense of civility that prevented parents and occasionally coaches uh, from going nuts on the, on the refs. And if it ever did happen, it was considered to be totally outrageous behavior. But these days, of course, it's almost as though we've reached a point where parents in particular have a sense or a feeling of entitlement that they can pretty much say and and, and do what they want to do when it comes to interacting with the the referees and officials and umpires who work their kids' games. Now, if you follow AskCoachWolf.com, you saw this week a provocative column by our Sports Edge colleague, Doug Abrams, who wrote about this disturbing trend. In in short, Doug wrote that the shrinking number of game officials has now reached epidemic proportions. Uh, And he cites recent headlines about this coming from all over the country, uh, Illinois, Colorado, Missouri, Michigan, Kansas, South Carolina, and on and on. And we here in WFAN land, we have the same problems. Now, Look, you know the parameters. Game officials don't get paid very much for their time and for their efforts. And too often, instead of being respected for their work, well, again, parents have this sense of entitlement that they can scream out all sorts of obscenities and profanities at the refs. And as noted, in too many cases, the parents will often physically assault the referees or the umpires. We've all seen all the the lowlights and videotape of this stuff. It's everywhere. In fact, I can recall some years ago, I appeared on Oprah Winfrey's very popular TV show to talk about all the violence that was directed towards our game officials. Now, that show, I mean, that show aired probably 10 or 15 years ago, and yet here we are in 2018, and we still are dealing with the same issue. So what do we do? Well, it's already clear that too often these days, high school games will have to be either postponed, even canceled, because the game assigner can't get refs to work the game. It's always a scramble these days to find umps or referees or officials to work games. I've had the head of the National Association of Referees on my show, 
And uh, he says that more and more reps are becoming concerned for their physical health and well-being because of potential attacks by the parents. Anyway, I'd like to hear everybody's thoughts about this, and especially if you're a referee or uh, an umpire or a game official. I want to hear from you this morning because this is something we finally have to get our arms around and address in a very serious manner. You know our toll-free line. It's one 337 That's brought to you by Mohegan Sun. Unlimited possibilities await you at Mohegan Sun. Plan your stay at MoheganSun.com. I don't know, you know, as a society, how we lost our sense of decency and respect for the referees and, and why, even along those same lines, why do parents... Why do they sense that they have this, this entitlement to scream and, and yell and verbally abuse the game officials? Is zero tolerance the answer? Well, or will that just lead to more violence? I mean, I, I, I think we have to really sort of address this. Okay, let's, let's get our, our start our conversation this morning. Let's go with our friend Ed over to Elizabeth. Ed, I know you're, you're a longtime umpire, so I'm curious yes, your thoughts about this. Besides that, I got, remember two weeks ago you talked about hel- helicopter parents? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I got two stories to tell you after I after I talk about the umpires. Okay, it, it's just getting out of control. I mean, this year, this I'm going to be entering my 38th year as a high school umpire. Right. And this year, in all my years umpire, I got attacked by a parent who said he said I was cheating. Uh, he said he was going to get my license as an umpire taken away and all that stuff. And he kind of threatened me. So what I did was I called the AD of the school. Mm-hmm. So this, I talked to the AD. And it was a lady. She was very professional and all that stuff. And then she called me back an hour later after this toilet space. said, Mr. Ward, this, this is what we're going to do. Um, I'm going to suspend this parent 10 games. His son is, is a junior here, and his suspension will go into next year. How do you feel about that? I think it's great. So this parent was barred for, for 10 games this year and going into next year of his son's uh, high school baseball career. Right. So I, I, the thing is, the the administrations have to take uh, a more more uh, hands on approach and all that stuff. Well, that which gets, I think is very important. Well, and I was going to say, and we'll talk about uh, this. This whole what, one of the possible ways to sort of stop all this is the enforcement of zero tolerance, and and that's exactly what this at- high school athletic director said to you and said, okay, I'm glad you reported this, and we're going to suspend and ban this parent for for a number of games uh, and. Boom. I mean, I, I, it's so essential. We talk all the time about how coaches need to have the support of, of their, or, you know, by their AD. But this is about an umpire. I mean, you don't, well, work, well, you don't work at the school. Absolutely on that. And then, you know, I mean, I'm doing Little League Districts right now. And so far, the parents have been good. But as I was talking about helicopter parents, i got to share two stories. When I was up in the uh, two-week school, I umpired a Cal Ripken tournament. The same day that you talked about it, there was a parent, a lady, each time her son came up, she came over to the to the screen, taking a picture of the kid's swing, mm-hmm. and then she's calling the kid over to tell him what he's doing wrong and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Rick, <laughs> it's getting better. It's getting better. The fourth at bat, kid pops up, and the kid was a pretty good ball player. The mother said, "We got to get to the batting cages this week so we can work on your launch angle." <laughs> You're laughing. <laughs> now wait, I got one more story to yeah, okay. that I umpired. Okay, I umpire a game. I got the plate. The father comes over the screen. Every pitch during the kid's at bat, okay, he's critiquing. The kid goes to me, Mr. Umpire, can I have time? Sure. He turns to his father and goes, hey, Dad, could you be quiet so I could hit? Oh, jeez. Rick, it's getting out of control with these parents. When are these parents going to learn 
just go watch the game. Enjoy that your sons are playing and all that. You know what I mean? They don't get it. I think, and we were talking about this yesterday, a few of us umpires that were doing Little League districts. Yeah. These parents feel because they pay money, they have the time to do whatever they want. And all they're doing as a former college coach is they're running their, their kids' opportunity to maybe further, further their goals of playing baseball at a higher level. And I, I hear you, and, and uh, as always, thank you for sharing these stories from the front lines. Uh, these are, this is what it's all about, Ed. Thank you. Have a great day. Thanks, Ed. And, and what Ed is talking about, we all know this, uh, you know, there always is that temptation, particularly as Ed says, if you're a parent and you're watching your kid at age 12 or 13, whatever it might be, and you feel like you're spending money and time to get that kid to the next level and you're going to somehow help them, quote-unquote, by critiquing them why they're actually performing. Uh, it, there's nothing, I can tell you, there's nothing more distracting if you're a batter in the game to have uh, somebody, you know, a few feet away chirping in your ear about each swing or how you, you just can't do that. Hitting a baseball in a game involves 100% total concentration, and you can't have somebody basically trying to coach you while you're doing it on every pitch. That doesn't work. And obviously, you know, if mom and dad are saying, well, we got to get you to a batting cage to work on your, on your swing, that's the kind of stuff, not during the game. You can talk about that, you know, down the road later on after the game is over and so on and so forth. We've talked about about how to how to critique kids and avoiding the, the, the post-game analysis. Well, this isn't a post-game analysis. This is a during-the-game analysis. You can't do that stuff. That's just gonna that's gonna have the impact of driving your kid away from the sport, not get them to or to embrace it. They're gonna you're gonna push them away. Let's move on. Let's go to John up in uh, in West Hartford, Connecticut. John, good morning, you're on the fan. Hey, good morning, Rick. This yes, is, uh, again, uh, kind of a, a funny story, but sad, sad but true. Uh, I'm a longtime hockey coach, and it was an official I got to know, and uh, he, he repped a lot of the games I was coaching, and mm-hmm. uh, one, one season he, he disappeared. Oh, sorry about that. Hello, John? Oh, yeah, oh, sorry about that. And, and so one, one season he disappeared, and uh, and I, I was really concerned that uh, something had happened to him, and and I I kind of knew him in a outside social circle as well. Well, I, I ran into him, and and I said, to Steve, I'm I'm glad you're okay. What happened to you? I haven't seen you at a rink in about a year. He said, Well, uh, this is this is about ten years or so ago. They were starting lacrosse, high school lacrosse in the Hudson Valley. Yeah. He said we, they needed officials, and uh, so they they asked uh, the hockey officials uh, who who was interested, and they they trained a the officials and uh, paid, paid them well. He said, I'll, I'll never go back to an ice rink again. I said, well, tell me why. He said, well, first of all, it's nice outside. The, uh, the, <laughs> the players, <laughs> players and the coaches are very polite. He said, but the best thing about it is the parents don't know anything about lacrosse, so they don't say anything. <laughs> hey, John, that's, that's, that's a good story. <laughs> thank, thank you for sharing that this morning. And I, I can, I can sort of echo John's thoughts because you know, I, I didn't play lacrosse uh, growing up as a kid, and, and um, I have a feeling uh, most parents did not, And, and uh, because lacrosse has obviously grown in popularity uh, only in the last uh, couple of decades. But uh, I can assure you when I watched my daughters uh, play lacrosse in high school, I mean, it, it's, it's uh, boys or men's lacrosse, the rules are difficult to, to figure out if you're new to the sport. But girls lacrosse, 
I mean, I, I still to this day, and I watch a lot of uh, my, my girls play a lot of lacrosse, I still have a hard time trying to figure out what the rules are and the penalties are called and so on and so forth. And so if you don't know the rules, it's real hard to, to comment or criticize the game officials if you, uh, you know, because you don't know what the rules are. It's as simple as that. Um, obviously, my girls know the rules, but again, I can understand what John is saying here. All right, we're talking about officials and referees and umpires and what has to be done to, because we're, we're just seeing an exodus of all these people just leaving. They don't want to be abused anymore. They don't get paid that much. We know that. Uh, and instead of being treated with great respect and great civility, they're just being abused. It's as simple as that. All right, Dave Uriham, uh, he has your update. When I return, I'll go right back to your calls about this. We have to do something. one 337 Now, we're discussing uh, this morning the uh, declining number, the alarming uh, trend in which uh, game officials, referees, umpires are, are just uh, hard to find. And, and what can be done to stop this? And, I've, and if you talk to, to the National Association of Sports Officials, uh, they have all sorts of surveys and research that suggest the reason why we're seeing this, this sudden drop is because the, the reps and officials say the parents primarily are the source of a being out-of-control behavior. Yes, sometimes they complain about the coaches as well, but for the most part, again, their, their research uh, is all about the fact that parents just uh, are, are just totally uh, out of control. You know, I'll I, I give you a little bit of a secret here. When I used to play in the minors, when I played pro ball, and even when I coached uh, in college, as, as a player or a coach, you actually you sort of become friends with the umpires. I don't mean best friends. But rather, you recognize the umps that they're there to do a job just like you are. And along the way, you, you know, during the games, you chat with them and you talk with them. And usually you do so without raising your voice. You even get to the point where you can go to, a, to an umpire and say in a quiet, almost respectful way. And, and that's the key in this. they got to be respectful and quiet. And you say, yeah, you know, I, I think you missed that one, uh, Joe. I, I think that pitch was really outside. And, you know, you can have an interaction and talk about issues. Even You can disagree with them, but you got to do it in a way that is respectful. The trick is, again, so long as you talk in a controlled manner, usually the, the game official will allow you to make your point and to hear your point of view. But as soon as you lose control uh, and you, if you go nuts and, and you go, you know, go make a scene – well, now this is different because now you've gone from a quiet interaction to a public display. And at that point, the ref or the umpire, they have no choice but to either toss you out of the game or to, to, uh, to give you a red card, whatever it might, sport might be. Why? Because your outburst has publicly embarrassed the ref, and he has to respond in kind in order to, res- to restore law and order. In fact, you know, a few weeks ago, I received an email from a, a highly regarded soccer ref who happens to be a longtime listener of the show. And he pretty much confirmed what I just said. I mean, he said, uh, if a kid comes up to me, this is from the soccer referee, if a kid comes up to me quietly and says, ref, you're just doing a really bad job today, that's very different than if he says in, at full volume when the entire field and coaches and all the spectators can hear it, that you're doing a horrible job. He says, as a referee, I have far more options if the comment is made quietly as opposed to when it's loud and done very, very publicly. 
this ref goes on to add that the really good players understand this. They know better than to embarrass the referee and to lose a vital relationship with the person in charge because you might need the referee later on to help you out. And he says professional players certainly understand this relationship. In other words, it all has to do with conversations between the players and the refs and the umpires, that the refs, umpires, and officials, you know, when they hear personal attacks from the stands, from the parents, that's different. And obviously, as we discussed many times on the program, the referees, the umpires, they have every right to stop a game at any time and to tell the individual parent in the stands on the sidelines to get up and leave. And that is the essence of zero tolerance. And I, I don't know uh, why it's not enforced more often or why refs and umpires don't do it more often. Maybe they're afraid that there'll be re- retaliation. All right, let's get back to our calls. Uh, uh, Dave from Irvington over in Jersey, you're up next. You're on the fan. Yeah, good morning, Rick Wolf. How are you, sir? Good, good Dave. How are you? Very well, thanks. Long-time listener, but a first-time caller. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm so glad you brought up this topic because there's a lack of civility overall, you know, in our politics, and it's creeped into sports. And there was a time when you can use sports as a vehicle to get away from all the madness of the world. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, I think that lack of civility that is in our politics is carried over into sports. You know, I went to, I'm blind, I went to a school for the blind. And, you know, if, if you, the, you know, the, the, the teachers, the, uh, the umpires, the refs, as you said, if you went up to them, you know, and you said, listen, I, I think you, uh, you know, you call me out when, um, you know, I, I believe it was ball four. You know, if you do it qu- quietly and respectfully, you can talk about it until kingdom come. You know, but, but unfortunately, you know, there's this, there's this mentality that the customer is always right. You know, and I, I'm, a, I'm a cowboy fan. And I've heard some stories about Eagle fans, you know, that if you are a Giant or a Cowboy fan or, you know, a fan of the rival team, you can actually get assaulted by a drunk Eagle fan. Dave, here's the problem, and I, 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 I do think that's uh, exactly what's going on here, that, as you said, and, and, th- and Dave, thank you for the call this morning. The, the, the thing is, the lack of civility as Dave says, it's probably spilled over from society in general. And I don't want to get into a sociological discussion about all this, whether it's politics or, or just the way we, we live our lives. But the fact is that 20 years ago, you didn't see parents going crazy at, at their kids' games and, and, and uh, verbally abusing or trying to embarrass the umpires or refs. It just didn't happen. It wasn't accepted. And if it did, it, would just, it, was, just, it was just bizarre. But these days, again, whether it's you go to uh, even a major league game, you feel like uh, you're entitled to scream anything you want, uh, profanities, whatever it might be, and, and we just don't understand how we got to this point. Uh, and it, it just that, to me, sort of filters down to the youth level. And maybe it's because parents feel that they are spending so much money on their kids and their sports. I don't know. But the ultimate uh, fallout is the fact that you're getting fewer and fewer people to want to officiate our kids' games. That's that's the ultimate bottom line here. Let's move on. Let's go to Mike up in Monroe, New York. Mike, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning, Rick. Yes, Mike. Uh, I just got a place in Monroe from East Rockaway, and I'm uh, to my rehab up here. I got a got a good uh, little solid house. Oh, good Rick, for you. Yes. Th- thank you, Rick. You know, I'm listening to you for 15 years, Rick. Right. Yep. And uh, every Sunday, 
I should still write a book on the parents of the it, parents of the ball field. Excuse me. It always comes back to the parents, the lack of referees, umpires, and uh, and anybody that wants to volunteer. Okay, you get paid some money, but some parents feel, like you said, Rick, feel as if they're entitled to say and do whatever the heck they want. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember after my ball playing days, I was playing softball. I said, I'll, I'll uh, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll play a few softball games. I was followed back to the parking lot, oh, three times, easy. And now the conditions are getting worse. Uh, my dad, rest his soul, um, we were at a, a basketball game in Amityville. And my nephew was playing basketball and uh, watching him. There was a lady screaming, and, you know, it reverberates in the gym. My dad said, you know, will you shut up? And she kept going on. And I said, please, lady, I got a supervisor over there. There's more supervisors at high school games than ever before. And it's horrendous. Uh, the conditions still exist. And I think a zero uh, tolerance policy should be put in place. Um, and after, you know, helicopter parents and, and, and you know, lawnmower parents, whatever gets in their way, they're going to just go right through you. It, well, it's, Mike, here's... Here's the concern I just mentioned this in passing. I have a sense, and yeah, I do believe in zero tolerance. I have seen zero tolerance. And what I mean, of course, is that you, you empower the referee uh, anytime or the umpire to stop the game right there uh, right. and just say, okay, you up there, uh, if you don't leave immediately, this game is officially over and, and uh, your team will have to forfeit. Uh, the, the fact is that does work, but you always have a sense that a lot of the umps or, or referees, as you mentioned, Mike, they don't want to be followed into the parking lot afterwards because, yep. you, you know, there's not always a security uh, detail there to protect the umpire or referee. Uh, sometimes yep. the high school athletic director is, you know, they're, they have a thousand things to do, and they may not be sure. there to protect the official. So, you, you know, and we do have this, 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 uh, this growing concern. Referees and officials, I was looking at the, uh, the, uh, the, the website for naso.org, uh, you know, these most refs and officials make less than five thousand dollars a year just doing yeah. this stuff. So it's not about making the money. After why? Well, why, why am I doing this? I could get seriously hurt. And, and, and seriously hurt. Yeah. Um, you know, it's incredible, Rick. I know you have other callers, but uh, always a pleasure. And your daughter Michelle is a rip. She's a riot. She's going places. Um, oh, yeah, but she's not my daughter. <laughs> oh, I, I'm sorry. It was a, uh, a different. Uh, my daughter. Uh, my daughter is uh, my older daughter, Alyssa. She's also a stand-up comic. She's very funny too. But uh, yeah, I know oh, Michelle Wolf's doing well too. Um, my mistake. I have no. to have another uh, cup of coffee. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. All right, Rick. Thank you. Always a pleasure. You bet. Bye bye. Thank you. Yeah, uh, my my uh, I have two daughters. Alyssa is my older one, and she's been doing stand-up comedy for a number of years here in Manhattan. She's very funny, trust me. Uh, let's move on to uh, Cliff and Wilkesbury. Uh, Cliff, good morning. You're on the fan. Uh, good morning. I, I've been a little league, uh, two high school umpire for thirty years. Okay, and um, it is it is a growing problem, but I really believe that that little league has really done a poor job. You know, 90% of the fans are okay. Yep. There's that small faction, and they have not taken steps for fans that are abusive to, you know, ban them from the leagues or at least suspend them for X amount of games. They've really turned a blind eye to it and not supported their umpires. Cliff, this is the problem. I mean, I, we don't understand why the leagues, uh, you know, aren't, aren't standing, uh, you know, basically uh, standing forth and saying, Look, to the, to the parents, you have to learn that if you can't behave yourself and, 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 and hold your tongue, that we aren't only going to ban you on zero tolerance, but you're going to be gone for the rest of the season or, or whatever it might be. We just don't want to see you there because you make it uncomfortable 
not only for the umpires, but for their other parents, and particularly it makes it difficult for the kids who are observing all this. I, and, you know, Little League Baseball, I just don't know if, um, if they're doing enough as well. I mean, all these leagues have to really sort of get together and say, let's do something about this. It's as simple as that. And, you know, it's, um, it's just, I mean, we have, at one time we had the biggest district in the country, and, and we're down to, now we have about 20 active umpires, and that's to run the district tur- the tournaments, the sectional tournaments. You know, we're going five, six nights a week, you know, and you're making $20 a night for travel expenses. And it's, it's just hard to recruit guys to take this abuse. And it's, it's, um, I mean, it's just, I don't know what the answer is. Cliff, I mean, I mean, it's just, uh, I mean, it, to me, say, I mean, you, you go to somebody who has some, who loves a sports fan and, and loves you sports, and you say, hey, here's an idea. Have you considered working a Little League game? We'll pay you a few bucks for travel expenses. You won't get make any real money off this thing, uh, but you have the opportunity to be verbally uh, threatened and abused by parents. That's a tough sell, you know? When I first started 30 years ago, you had to wait in line to get these district games. I mean, they were an honored umpire, and, and this was very few problems, but I, I hope there's an answer to it because it's, you know, really the kids are paying the price. No, the kids, the kids are the ultimate victims. Hey, Cliff, thanks for the call. Have a good day. You too. I mean, that's, that's, again, we should talk about that. The kids, not only are they the victims, because they, they get caught in the crossfire here, but, of course, they begin to realize, well, this must be the way you're supposed to behave in sports because the parents come and scream and yell uh, at the umpires or the game officials, and the game officials seem to take it. They don't seem to retaliate. So I guess that's how sports are, are supposed to be played. Of course, it's a totally wrong, wrong message. But again, we're going to have to, do some, uh, to empower umps, umps and, and leagues to say, you understand, we're not, you know, like, for example, you go to a lot of high schools uh, these days, and they have signs posted, and that say, hey, you know, let, let the kids play the games, let the, uh, the coaches coach, let the officials do the officiating. You know, you just sit there and, 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 and support and cheer the kids. All those signs are great, but we have to put some real teeth into this and say, look, if, if you really misbehave, if you get out of control, we're going to ban you. You're going to be gone. You're not going to have a chance to watch your kid play any more games the rest of the season and maybe for the whole year because you, as a grown-up, as an adult, you have basically violated the, 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 uh, the, the, the fundamental tenet of being a good sport. And, I, well, you understand. I, no, I do understand. You're into this emotionally because it's your kid. It's your flesh and blood. But the fact is you have to be a grown-up here. If you can't control yourself, just walk off, go down by yourself, away from the playing action on the field or on the rink, whatever it might be, and just, just keep your thoughts to yourself. Otherwise, we're going to stop the game and publicly embarrass you and say you are now officially out of this game or we're going to forfeit this game and you're banned from any more games the rest of the year. That's what we have to deal with. And it's hard to do it because you're doing it in a community, but you have to do something to protect the officials and refs and, and, and game officials. Otherwise, we're going to reach a, a level as we're uh, fast approaching now where you don't have enough officials to work the games. And if there's no umps or referees, what are you going to do? What do you tell your kids then? All right, let me, let me take a pause. When I return, right back to the calls. Stay with me. Don't forget, at 9 o'clock this morning, Ed Randall will be here, and Ed, of course, will be talking baseball. 
Uh, and as always, I ask you to check out the, uh, my website at askcoachwolf.com. And uh, my book, Secrets of Sports Psychology Revealed, I'm happy to report that the book's sales continue to rise, which means that uh, apparently the word is spreading by, by word of mouth uh, about how any athlete can benefit from learning how to better mentally prepare their game, no matter what sport it may be. Also, if you want more detail about the trials and tribulations about becoming a referee or an umpire, I I urge you to check out the National Association of Sports Officials, uh, or NASO, N-A-S-O dot org. Uh, Most officials, as I mentioned before, they make less than $5,000 a year working games uh, at the youth level. And again, the the surveys and research they have at NASO dot org, it's all about the the parents, not necessarily the coaches. Uh, Okay, let's, let's... Let's get back to our calls because I do think we have to really begin to funnel in on what can be done, whether it's to enhance uh, and strengthen zero tolerance policies or to basically just to make sure that the parents are better educated about the fact that, you know, if you keep harassing the referees long enough, we're not going to have more referees or umpires to work your kids' games. Uh, We just have to really hammer home that point. Otherwise, we're just going to, as we heard already from several callers, you know, the, the numbers are dropping, not just around here, uh, but dropping precipitously all over the country. Let's go, let's go to um, let's go to Steve in West Haven, Connecticut. Steve, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning, Rick. How are you? Good, Steve. How are you? Good. Hey, as a baseball umpire, um, I ran into a pretty interesting situation a couple of years ago. Um, championship Series, Little League game, best of three. Tied up at one to one, nothing but problems during the first two games. Mm-hmm. Our umpiring supervisor sent me and a senior umpire in. Now we're getting ready in the parking lot to go up to the field, and here come two policemen. And I'm like, "What's this?" They said, "Well, we're going to walk you up to the field, mm-hmm. and when the game and when the game's over, we're going to walk you back." Okay. I mean, it was like when we get in there, it was like a steel cage match in wrestling. Uh, the parents were like yelling and screaming. Uh, you had two delinquent coaches. Uh, I took care of the coaches. My partner just, you know, went and really addressed the fans and told them, look, you know, if this continues, you know, this game's not going to happen. This is not going to be the same, uh, deal as the first two games here. I'm telling you right now. And, uh, it was a nice peaceful game. And, uh, we got escorted back to our cars afterwards, but I found it amusing. But Steve, this is, be, this is a little you know, league. This is a little league game. Little, little league championship game. So we're talking about kids eleven, twelve years old. Yes. And and you said that all of a sudden you, you and your partner are are getting ready in the parking lot, putting on your equipment. All of a sudden, two cops come by and say, "We're going to be your your escort to the ballpark," and then after the game. Yes. That's that's. that's <laughs> But that's and that's exactly what has happened here because I mean this is little league baseball yeah of course championship game but I mean cops have to escort the umpires back and forth from the game because you don't know what's going to happen with the parents I mean please this is nuts and and just said it it sounds like we've reached a, a new uh, you know a nadir in terms of, of trying to of, of human civility this is just horrible. Steve, thank you, unfortunately, for sharing that story this morning, but that's exactly what we're talking about. Appreciate the call. 
Take care. Thank you. You bet. And and you know that's this isn't right, and that's at the little league level. Level. What about the high school level? I mean, come on. Who wants who wants to be an umpire when you have to be escorted by a police uh, to the game and afterwards? I mean, unbelievable. All right, let's let's go let's go to our friend Jack Smithlin over in Fairlawn. Jack, good morning. You're on the fan. How are you doing, Rick? Good, Jack. Um, how are you? Tough getting up this morning. I had a wedding in Brooklyn last night, and I didn't get home until almost two o'clock. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I'm actually I'm actually half asleep right now. But once again, great topic. Yep. I'm gonna two two points real quick. Yeah. First of all, there are umpires, you know, and I I've coached for forty two years. There are umpires that have rabbit ears, all right? Mm-hmm. What they should do, and here we go, a little bit of plug, they should read your chapter on blocking out distractions, you know. Focus on the field. Anything gets abusive or anything like that, you gotta handle it. Mm-hmm. You know, but they should actually I mean like I said many, many times, your book is for everybody, not just for the players and the parents. It's for umpires. It's for life situations. It's, it's you know, it's a fantastic book. Thank you. Getting back to a solution, yeah. okay? Like I said, I've coached for over 40 years. In New Jersey, anytime that there's a playoff game in a county tournament or a state tournament, each school has to send a representative to that game and to sit in your stands or, or patrol with stands, and they take the pressure off of the umpires on the field. Mm-hmm. Anytime if there's an outburst from a parent, the, the supervisor, and it's usually an administrator, but what they can do at the high school level in games outdoors, because indoors, like you said, in basketball games, volleyball games, wrestling matches, there's always, there should always be a supervisor in the building or a security site manager. But outside, you know, you don't get that. But what we did in, at Fairlawn is our principal, our old principal, used to send a rep to every single outdoor game. And they got paid. They got, you know, like a stipend. And they actually, you know, talked to the people in the stands if there was a problem. The umpire didn't have to turn around and address the person. This supervisor went into the stands and said, listen, okay, first of all, the umpire has the right to cancel this game based on your attitude, all right? So either we can cut it back or you're leaving, you know? But hire an extra person. Hire an extra umpire to, to patrol the stands so that he can take the pressure off of the umpires on the field. And it's worked. It's worked in tournament games, and it's worked in the in the state tournaments. And it's 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 a good suggestion, I think, because you know here you got your two umpires on the field. Usually, you know, in a in a high school game, in a playoff game, you sometimes you'll get three. All right, but now put a supervisor or an umpire outside the outside the field and let them take the pressure off the guys on the field. Jack, it's, like it's, said, it's 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 a work. it's an excellent suggestion, and because quite frankly, uh, it wasn't needed twenty twenty five years ago, but it's it needed wasn't. now. And right. as you said you have to first find the right person from the school uh, to as a representative of the school to make sure that they're not going to be sitting there meekly or being intimidated by the parents surrounding them. They have to have the the the, the force uh, to stand up and say. Stop this, or we're going to, going to right. you know, umpires are going to stop the game and, and they're going to forfeit the game. So, A, you got to find the right guy, and B, yeah, you're going to have to pay him a stipend or something. And people will say, well, you know, money's always tight, budget problems. I understand that, Jack. But, you know, the fact is, 
parents can't behave themselves, and 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 you, you, you're gonna have to do something to make sure the word gets out in a big, big way. And I'm tell you, sometimes if if it actually if there is an example or somebody stops the game and says, "Okay, you have to leave now," that'll send shock waves and say, "Well, I guess they're not kidding around. I guess they really are going to enforce this." You want to talk? You want to talk about peer pressure? I mean, you're sitting in the stands being a complete idiot, and and all of a sudden. You know, now you got somebody coming up and telling you, "Listen, you know what? You don't stop. You don't stop your attitude. This game's over, and you're going to be the reason." I, it's a great thing. I saw this happen. Uh, uh, the first time I saw this happen was in a uh, uh, high school ice hockey game, uh, <laughs> where, because you know, the hockey parents get very emotional as they do with soccer oh, yeah. games. Ever. And you know, the ref just all of a sudden is going back and forth, and some some loudmouth in the stands is being obnoxious, and all of a sudden, uh, one of the refs on the ice. Blows his whistle, stops the game. The kids are looking like there was no penalty. What's going on here? And he, this, right. this guy said, "You up there in the fourth row with a red shirt? Either you leave now, or this game is over." And and Very uh, good. we're gonna and you Very know, good. all of a sudden, everybody in the rink stops, looks at this fellow in the red shirt, and says, "What is he going to do?" We're talking about peer pressure, and he had to get oh. up and leave. And and oh. it it really works. But I, I, I and again to your point about having uh, an extra. A uh, person working basically security at, at at a baseball game or at a basketball game or a hockey game or a soccer game, yeah, that should happen. Or you say hire a third umpire or a third ref just to make sure that everybody is behaving themselves. I think it makes a lot of sense. Simple as that. Well, you know what? It's like I said, and once again, you know, there are some umpires and officials, and I've, like I said, I've coached for a long time, and I've had them. And, you know, and I've abused them at times. I've learned my, le- I learned my lesson. We had a principal, that same principal, when you got suspended or thrown out of a game as a coach, she suspended you for two more games. Oh, no kidding. That's, that's... Without pay. Without pay. So, you know what? Have the attitude. Hey, listen, there's times you know you coach. You coach at the highest level other than, I mean, you coach the pro. You work with the pro players. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to tell you something that... One of the things that you have to understand is that your book is good for everybody. It's, and, and umpires should also pick their battles, you know. There are parents that, oh, bad call, bad call. You know, I mean, my wife, believe it or not, used to go to com, And it was appropriate ways of, of heckling the umpire, you know. Like, you're, you know, don't back up, you're seeing eye dog. You fall over, you're seeing eye dog. You know, it's not... No vulgar, no swearing, you know. I mean, there was one, I'm going to say this one, and people are going to hate me for it, and then I'm going to get off. There was one that I heard that was excellent. Somebody yelled out, hey, up, we know you're blind. We've seen your wife. And I said, oh, my God. I mean, Jack, let unbelievable. Me, let, let me stop but you there. But thanks a lot, Rick. <laughs> Thank you. Good points about, you know, what, what you know, schools can do to sort of buttress and support and protect the, the officials or work their games. And, uh, yeah, as I said, the numbers, I started this show this morning saying that the numbers, I mean, the, the headlines from states all over the country, uh, as Doug Abrams wrote on AskCoachWolf.com, that it's really reached epidemic proportions where youth leagues, high school leagues can't find enough referees or officials to work the games because they don't want to. They don't get paid enough. They're not protected enough. They don't want. Who wants to be yelled and screamed at? And here, here's the thing: is I've never worked as an official or, or a, uh, an umpire, but I can tell you, having played and coached and so on and so forth, you know, 
these guys, they understand they're going to be close plays. They're going to be bang-bang plays that go one way or another, and you're not going to be pleased if the call goes against you. But if you talk about it and, 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 and relate to them, uh, they'll discuss it and, and, and talk it through, which is fine between the coach and the umpire or the referee. But they, they don't want to hear you know, horrible things being you know, shoveled onto them by the parents in the stands. That's just not right. And they don't, they don't expect uh, to, to have to deal with that. And, yes, that's what they've come through now. And, and unfortunately, it's reached, as I said, a, a, a level now where we just have to sort of sit back and say, what can we do to ensure we always have enough referees or umps to work our kids' games? And honestly, if it doesn't stop, we don't use more zero tolerance or find somebody else from the school to represent and, and protect the umpires and refs at the games, as Jack just said, so it's just going to run out. There won't be any more umpires, referees, game officials. They'll be gone. And the victims, the victims, not the parents, it's the kids. It's simple as that. All right, let me take a timeout. I'll be back with more. Stay with me. Let me see if I can squeeze in one more call here. Joe out in Massapequa. Joe, you have like 30 seconds. Okay, Rick, I just want to say that i just a coach. I miss it like hell. Now I umpire. And I think everybody who coach should be on the other side one time in their life to see how the other side lives. Uh, <laughs> hey, Joe, that is an excellent point, and, and, and uh, thank you for, for adding that because I think that is, in fact, true. Not only should the, 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 the coaches see how life is from, the, from the, the, the viewpoint of the umpires or the refs, but so should the parents. The parents get a sense like, well, what, you know, why are people upset with me? How come they're yelling at me? How can they say such awful things about my, my attempts to work the game? I think that's an excellent observation. Again, we've heard some good, good suggestions here this morning about the fact that, yeah, we got to do more in terms of uh, you know, zero tolerance, to really empower refs and umpires and game officials to say, look, you have this power to stop the game, do it. Simple as that, because maybe then the parents will back off. And then, two, if there's somebody from the school, an athletic director or somebody who's designated as a rep from the school to make sure the parents behave, then, you know, make sure they are there. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with banning a parent and saying you, you violated the trust we, we put into uh, parent behavior. And, and if, you, if you step over that line, you are gone. And I'm sorry, but you, you didn't act the role of being an adult here, and you are gone. No second chances. You're gone. Simple as that. Okay, uh, that's going to do it for me in this edition this morning of the Sports Edge. My thanks this morning to, to Matt Casey. Please stick around for Ed Randall. He's in the on-deck circle. I'll see you next Sunday right here on the Sports Edge. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.